Warning, the following episode contains adult language and screaming goats. Listener discretion is advised. The Pinball Network is online. Launching The Pinball Show. This week on The Pinball Show, love is in the air as Dennis and I discuss how to celebrate Valentine's Day. We also chat about Stern Pinball production updates, the next four flipper Elwin, slam tilting some Panacho, 2.0 games in the future, Nap Arcade investigating the US PTO database for clues to upcoming pinball titles, a big change of tides in this week's pinball market trends, the death of a loon, more idioms, and trending down my wife? All of that and more for episode 123 of the one, the only, the undisputed, Pinball Show. I've heard people say that too much of anything is not good for you, baby. Pinball is a game of skill. I don't know about that. For some, it's a passion and a lifestyle. We've shared love and made love. It's time for the Pinball Show. It doesn't seem to me like it's enough. It's pinball with personality. It's just not enough. Hey everybody, how's it going? This is the Pinball Show, episode 123. My name is Zach Minnie, alongside my Valentine for this week, Dennis Creasel. Oh, that's very sweet of you. Hi. It is almost Valentine's Day. It is. We we got uh, tomorrow, I believe. Tomorrow? Uh, Who puts Valentine's on a Tuesday? Cupid. He really blew that one. He should do like the Easter Sunday thing. Always make it like a Friday or Saturday. Valentine's Day observed. That's right. (laughs) <laughs> it's true though i think nicole was a little prickly with me this last week dennis because really why i think she was maybe you know expecting a, a valentine's celebration maybe an out-of-town event or uh, or a, a nice cruise something i think she was thinking we were going to observe weekend before and i wait to last minute for everything so i thought eh, a tuesday that buys me five more days to the following weekend. Yeah, I understand the logic. And she's probably like, I did this stupid awards thing. I hosted all these people. Like, I've bent over backwards for this. That's guy. true. She catered in the Kudoba. Yes. I mean, heavy, heavy burden. Right. The woman is a saint. So I don't. Maybe, maybe I really need to go all in on Valentine's Day this year. Hmm. You have to get, like, the, the Lindor chocolates, huh? Oh, my gosh. Are those not the greatest? They're very good. I like the ones with the big balls with the goo in the middle. Yep. Yeah. The oh. goo balls are the best. Oh, the white chocolate. I know you don't like white. I'm no, big. white chocolate's my favorite. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, I get made fun of. Because it's not like, real chocolate. Yeah, it's not real chocolate. It's got the cocoa butter. That's what gives it that chocolatey texture. It's so good. It's so delicate. Delicate? No. Gentle. Decadent. Decadent. Like a summer breeze contained mm. in a candied shell. And you are, are you are a romantic, aren't you? I you don't know. I describe myself quite that way. Oh, do you have any big plans for Valentine's Day? I'm, I'm trying on a to. Tuesday. No, no. What about the celebration in general? Do you have a 
special someone are you uh you uh, still playing the field there yeah no no one's special okay. and it's always been one of those holidays where i've got and don't tell my mom this like no, mother's no. day like these sort of corporate holidays mm-hmm. that they kind of made up a hallmark guilt us into buying cards mm-hmm. yeah it's like that what about for yourself because there's probably a lot of listeners out here in both of our situations like mine probably a lot of listeners who uh, have a spouse and they feel like it's up to them to really to really uh, provide a good celebration of love. And then there's probably listeners like you that don't have to worry about that, but that they still want to maybe observe a little love. I would, if it was me in your situation, I would Valentine's the shit out of myself. I would treat hmm. myself, maybe go a little mani-pedi, a little massage. I mean, I've never really considered it. Mm. So no, I would just do nothing. I just picture you, Dennis, like sitting either one of two things, either really sad, sitting in a corner, listening to who's going to tell you when. <laughs> yes. Like listening to the cars. Okay. So you've got, so you've got depressed Dennis in the corner like, is one, uh, is almost, one, one iteration. Well, almost right. like you with the, with the, uh, the marker above <laughs> your head, like the music video of the girl. Yeah. I don't know what she's doing. Like, what is the, what a weird video. So either that one or the angry iteration of Dennis on Valentine's Day that is just screaming out of your Corolla this song. Fuck you, any mom, any sister, any job, any broke ass car, and that shit you call art. Fuck you, any friends that I'll never see again, everybody but your dog, you can all fuck off. Yes. That song's really channeling like that angry Alanis Morissette style. Yeah, a lot of a lot of teen angst there. I thought may, maybe that's you. You got sad corner Dennis and angsty rage Dennis. Yeah. So which one is it? Why not neither? What? <laughs> Why, Why not, not neither? neither? Why not neither? And the girl like, has now rejected the cake in the meme. Oh. Or you can be like me. I plan on strutting into the room on Valentine's Day and uh, giving my wife a little berry wide. <laughs> Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, and that, that makes sense. One of those. I would Valentine's Day out of myself. So for you listeners out there, just because you don't have someone right now doesn't mean that you can't Valentine's Day yourself. Like, treat yourself. Uh, and uh, what was I going to say? Go fuck yourself? <laughs> well, I... and I'm not uh, sure what you're searching for. Yeah, possibly. I was going to say romance yourself, Valentine's yourself, um, hmm. you know. Uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, psychologically, treat yourself. Wine and dine yourself. You I mean, what? I could see it if, if people do get depressed around this holiday. And I guess, you know, physically you could fuck yourself. But When I'm not going out with someone and it's Valentine's Day, I just don't really think about the holiday. I don't know. I don't, I don't get depressed about valentine's day i bet there's but a lot of people i guess out i could see people this, some people would yeah i guess i could see that yeah. a lot of people out there are just getting over a relationship and this is like a vacation they're like whoo thank god hmm. thank god i don't want to mess with that but like you said fuck yourself i could see that like yeah well i'm just trying to figure out what you're trying to come up with because listening you bumble around for words is like watching seahorse or something trying to open a jar of honey i mean it like doesn't make any sense <laughs> see I could I could see myself just lathering myself with rose petals and cranking one off, right? On Valentine's Day, why not? Yeah. Why not? That's very what was that weird Kevin Spacey American Beauty? Was Love that, that film? One? Yeah. I've never I've never seen it. 
wonderful, wonderful film. You should, I would recommend it. Sounds it sounds dark. The it's way like you told mainstream it. artsy. <laughs> mainstream art. It is. <laughs> it's, it's, like, it's like, it's like Nickelback. <laughs> what are you saying? It's, yeah. Oh, it's sorry. Like, you did uh, say art. So it's I, like I apologize. Indie Nickelback. <laughs> Indie Nickelback. All of you listeners out there. Uh, I guess what Dennis and I are saying is, uh, go fuck yourself. <laughs> Wonder how Craig Bobby's going to spend his Valentine's Day. Cold. Hello, and welcome back to the Pinball Show's Top Stories. I'm Craig Bobby. Good golly, Miss Molly, the Super Bowl weekend has come and gone already, and what a show it was with great plays, amazing commercial breaks, the famous halftime show, and of course, tons of great food. So let the pinball show now cradle you in our loving arms as my somewhat annoying but informative voice washes over your sodium-laden body as we try and purge all that pizza, chicken wings, chili nachos, and smoked meat goodness from your tired and worn-out bodies. First up, the rumor mill is heating up here in early 2023 as the annual Texas Pinball Festival in late April is fast approaching, where we could see the debut of any number of new machines from a variety of manufacturers that may be announced likely before or possibly during one of the larger pinball exposition events of the year. Interesting news coming out of Nap Arcade during a recent review of pinball-related trademarks that have recently been filed for themes such as Jaws, The Godfather, Pink Floyd, Wednesday Adams, Avatar Way of the Water, and the soon-to-be-released Netflix sci-fi movie by Zack Snyder, Rebel Moon. Say what? Now, these trademark applications aren't in themselves proof that anything is definitely being developed by any of the pinball manufacturers, but it can be an indication that certain talks are underway and that bets are being hedged in case deals are ultimately struck. These themes could also be used in theory for other digital or virtual pinball platforms that may be in various stages of talk or production as well. So stay tuned. GGF! Next up, courtesy of the Loser Kids Pinball Podcast this past week, who interviewed their most popular guest once again in Stern Pinball designer Keith Elwin, who shared some interesting tidbits about what he's been working on and a few of the upcoming code updates coming hopefully later this year for Godzilla. During the interview, Keith stated that his Godzilla pinball machine is going to receive two of those special hold-in-the-flipper buttons to start modes that everybody loves on Stern's Jurassic Park and Avengers Infinity Quest. The first special mode, which will likely be implemented soon, will be the ability to go straight to the game's Terra of Mechagodzilla flip-counting multiball. A second special mode for Godzilla has been planned since the beginning of the game, but likely won't be implemented in the game's code until later in the year. Elwin also shared some design news that his next turn cornerstone game, due out in 2024, will have two full-size flippers and two other flippers, so four in total, with three of the flippers being on the same side of the game. <laughs> just crazy. Speaking of Godzilla, we have some new code this week from Stern, most of which is pretty minor, but if one was to open the README file for this new code found on the support page of the Stern website, you would note that there at the bottom of the code notes are a single line spreading hope amongst all Godzilla fans, which reads, Light Shows, adding more topper light shows. Hold on! 
Okay. Holy Spirit, activate. Oh no. Holy oh, Spirit, yeah. oh, activate. No. Holy Spirit, activate. 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 All right, let's go. Which is the first time I can remember of learning of a code for a topper that hasn't been released yet for an existing game. Based on this evidence, plus some words of hope we mentioned last week on the Pinball Show and, and from John Borg himself during an interview a few weeks ago on the Free Play Pinball Podcast with Amanda Hamilton and Bill Webb, where John hinted that the topper for both Godzilla and Rush were complete and waiting for an open production window at the factory for them to be assembled. My prediction is that these units will be ready just prior to TPF and will be on display at the show, but we shall have to wait and see. And speaking of seeing, it appears that the North American tour of the Roger Sharp biopic The Man Who Saved the Game is premiering right here in my hometown of Toronto, Canada on Wednesday, February 22nd at 7pm. The event which is being organized by Jeff Teolis which you all know from hosting of the Pinball Profile and Final Round Pinball Podcast, not to mention his very popular Played in America Roaming Pinball Tournament, the movie premiere which has been getting very good reviews, even from viewers outside of the pinball hobby, is being shown in one of Canada's largest indoor malls at the Yorkdale Cinemas with a meet and greet afterwards with the man that saved pinball himself, Mr. Roger Sharp. Hope to see you there. Well, that's all for this week for the award-winning pinball show. I'm Craig Bobby. Catch you on the flip side. Well, thanks, Craig, for Basically nothing significant. Oh, poor Craig. He made a, a entertainment piece out of that. I like that. He did the best he could. How did you think he did last week if you were to rate the two Canadians? David oh, Dennis and gosh. Craig Bobby. People well, liked anyway, it. They really it was, liked it. It was a, it was a good show. Uh, I feel like David tended to dominate the conversation over Craig, though. Surprise, like it surprise. Wasn't, it wasn't, I, know, I know I'm shocking you, but to the listeners. Um yeah, it felt like Craig. Craig's very – he follows that Canadian politeness and yields a lot more to David. And, and David follows that more uh, – you know, there's that segment of Canada that they all think they're comedians. Oh. He falls into that. He thinks he's funny. Oh, so, there was a Jeff Tealish joke there somewhere. Well, probably. <laughs> there's probably. And and to be fair, there are a lot of funny Canadians. We we have poached a great many of them to entertain us here yeah, in the Jeff States. Jeff is funny. I don't know about Dave, though. Yeah, well, he tries. That's that's the Every thing. Every once in a while, he's got a good. But and good then, one. of course, you were talking about the pinball awards, and Craig though went like full on, like rush for everything, rush for best flipper button, <laughs> rush for best leg leveler, for best flipper. <sighs> I mean, it, it was it, he laid it on a little thick, is all I'm saying. I had a blast with him, and we've got wonderful feedback. A lot of people talking about the the sayings, the idioms uh, that that I brought up. That being cold as a witch's tit they had never heard of that they were they were almost embarrassed that i i said that out loud i added titty but it's tit i had right. a lot of people reach out you've heard of that right dennis oh yeah yeah no i know okay. that so i think maybe it's a u.s thing or a midwest thing or something but had a lot of people reach out and said yeah absolutely we've heard that i've used that in the in the past as well they said but most of them said they've heard cold as a witch's tit wearing a brass brawl or a bronze brawl or uh, some type of metal brawl which would of course make it even colder so i, I never to, i've never heard it like enhanced out like that yeah that's a little extended version um and with like I, I don't pierce nips and stuff i know okay. i've not i've not heard that version <laughs> that must be like the california version now i'm really picturing you up against that wall with the markers above your head just if, for anybody to know the right you've got to go back and watch the music video drive by the cars and you'll 
really depressing, actually. So sorry, but yes, please, please go and watch the super depressing, super sad thing. You know, I just heard a Gorillas has a new song out. I really like Silent Running. They're still around. Gorillas, yeah, yeah, he's still doing it. Yeah. Wow. How about that? They're gonna play till Clint Eastwood dies. I guess. That's the only I song I know. Yeah. Oh, that's a good reference there. That's a more obscure one for a lot of people too. Yeah, that's about it. All I know there. But yeah, so thanks for all oh, of you. You got to know Feel Good, Inc. I mean, that's their most famous. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's, it's, feel good. It still wouldn't make a good pinball machine. I'm sorry. So thank you for all of you who've reached out to the pinball network at gmail.com or me privately and said, hey, I know that idiom. That's a, that's a funny one. I even had Jake Wood reach out and he said his mom, when she becomes frustrated, I don't know why this one stuck out, but it was hilarious to me. He said, when my mom gets aggravated or something or something peeves her off, she says, boy, that makes my ass crave cauliflower. <laughs> boy, boy, mm, makes not, my ass crave cauliflower. Now that I one, I think it's heard. made up. I think he made that up or well, his mom made it up. I want to have Miss Wood on and speak with her because that that's it. I want to see what other ones she has. So if you guys have really good idioms like that, that are appropriate to air, email us at the pinball network at gmail.com. Maybe I'll run one or 12 by Dennis Creasel to see if we can get a, a chuckle out of him. What do you say? Din, din. I don't think I'll laugh at any of them. Does that make your ass crave cauliflower? Yeah, cauliflower is all right, I but it's not. Cauliflower. Well, it does need like ranch on it. It's, it it's one of those of vegetables that, that cannot stand naked. Yes. Hear ye, hear ye. Yeah, I agree. All right, Stern Pinball. What do we got, Stern? How do you think Gary Stern's going to spend his Valentine's Day? Counting his money. Yes. Scrooge McDuckett, won't he? I don't think he swims in it. I think he rides his motorcycle through it. (laughs) Like a wind tunnel, just like Benjamin's flying in his face. (laughs) There's a whole section off on the side. He opens it up like a little vault, and it's all the savings from all of those quail stops. Oh, it's just you had to do that. I was waiting for the dig there. I just I picture him at the steakhouse having a vodka on the rocks with ear pods in, listening to the. Who's going to the I don't know why I have this song. Okay. Bond 60th. Everybody's like, Zach, you son of a bitch. You told me that Bond 60th was shipping last week and it didn't. What happened? Well, I do have an update to the update. So Bond 60th got bumped back from last week to hopefully this week. It was a part delay. Last second part delay. They thought what they part? Could, that yeah. little, the odd job hat? I don't know what, uh, I think it was just a part delay. I don't, so it was bumped back. And as a result, they pushed Godzilla Premium, which we thought we were, were going to get, you know, mid-month here. Godzilla Premium was then bumped in its place. So that's why you see in the video on social media from Stern Pinball having Godzilla Premiums on the line. Those should start shipping this week then. A lot of people are still waiting. A lot of people still waiting. It's getting better, but a lot of people still waiting. So I would anticipate Bond 60th on the line, maybe at the end of this week, and possibly shipping the following. I wish it would ship this week. I was up in Chicago, and don't think I didn't message Stern and say, hey, uh, you know, if you if you had a 60th ready, maybe I swing by and pick it up, along with the Godzilla topper and Rush Expression lighting kits, and I don't know. And speaking of Bond 60th, the Slam Tilt podcast had on this last week on episode 200, Mark Panaccio. I have this downloaded to listen when I drive into work tomorrow, but oh, I've not heard it yet. You're going to love it. And Mark Panaccio is the, the coder for Bond 60th. They were saying that he has arguably set a record in the longest time between coding two titles. 
his last game, I believe, being Fishtails back in the early okay. 90s. It was like 30 was years a, or something. Yeah, that's that's yeah, that's quite a ways out. Because Ron even brought up, he was like, I wonder if Harry Williams, and he's like, no, you've got Harry Williams too. I think his was like 20-something years. So, yeah. I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing, but Panacho was on there, and I got to say, first off, congratulations to Slam Tilt Podcast. 200 episodes. They've been around a long time. They've entertained the hell out of a lot of people, informed a lot of people. And regardless of how much Bruce wants to fornicate with me, or at least he tells me to fuck off a lot, I, I've listened probably to probably to all 200, if not the the majority of them. They're they're great. They're great. And they're my favorite podcast to disagree with. So congratulations. <laughs> yes. Congratulations. It's, uh, yeah, they've been at this. Uh, they're one of the longest running podcasts in mm-hmm. pinball. So congratulations. But they had on Panacho and he was talking about it was such a fantastic interview. You have to go listen to it, listener, because. It was, it was just really good. Some of the things they touched on, Mark was talking about he and Steve Ritchie getting into fights often, um, talked in detail about that, talked about the sinking building on Earthshaker and the first 200 units, having that, but then cost cutting it out later on uh, and then changing the cabinet color. Mark was so transparent. Even he said, like, he wants everybody to forget that he did Hurricane because <laughs> even he said it was, <laughs> yeah, it was just bad and forgettable. But everybody's everybody's got a bad title out there, but... That's the one he wishes everybody would forget. Talked a but, lot. But people don't always believe them. I mean, I still remember when oh, Barry told going. you Popeye was not a good game, and you still insist that he's wrong, even though he made it. Look, Van Gogh probably didn't like all his work either, but they're all masterpieces. Oh, see, that actually works. You're real proud of yourself right now, aren't you? Uh, on that one, I was, because usually I, I stumble and bumble for that. Popeye's a good game. What can I say? Did you play it when you were at my house? Uh, not yours, no. <sighs> Did you play any of my games? Yeah, I played your Rick and Morty. I played your James Bond because I'd never played either of those games before. That was it. I huh? played your Godzilla. It's floaty. You need yeah, to. Yeah, you know that. what? I that I was waiting for you to bring that up. Joel said the same thing, and I, I'm calling bullshit. I'm going to get an, an no. kilometer out there, and I'm going to test them all. I think you all just jack up your games too much. Um, I don't think mine's very far up. I don't put the back legs all the way back. In fact, I started them all the way down, and I only adjusted up to make sure that. You know, when shots weren't feeding well. I don't know. Maybe uh, yours, a, though. Maybe I it's mean, a play field issue. Because I maybe I don't know. I think that you're just, like, bad at this. No, I put up a, I give a good inch in the back. I mean, do you have, like, a two-by-four under the front legs, maybe? No. Could that be it that, that you forgot about? Like, part of the pallet broke off when you were moving the forklift, and you never realized you still had this huge slab of wood underneath it? Because yeah, all the mods in the front i mean i think slick chicks is less floaty than your godzilla that's ridiculous i'm gonna get one follow us on social media i'm I'm going to get this resolved because i I heard that a couple times and i was like you all are full of it steve Ritchie even said you all jack up your games too much you make them easy and people do and he's right and people do i if it was way too vertical i would have complained as well but that's not your problem oh those games all have problems. I don't have time to fix any of them, set them up. Like they're all, the all level. These, you're always, I just don't, it doesn't see, this is where, and again, <laughs> kind of like in the intro, we just think about things differently. This is where I struggle trying to sympathize with your approach because you're all about like, oh, I want a minty dolly and I want a mm, minty radical. And yeah. I'm like, yeah, but you don't even have them set up right. So why do you care? Those aren't why can't minty. They, why can't you have I a bunch have of beaters? Those two. those two aren't minty. Those two are, they're not beaters, but they're in the other room. I did that with quotation. I don't know if you felt that physically with my fingers, mm. but 
in the other room have not r- risen to the level of being afforded the opportunity. I to played go. your Wizard of Oz. Was that the Yellow Brick Road version? Was that what you had? Or uh, it's Yellow Brick Gone now. I sold that thing. Yep. yep. But I played it before you sold it. Man, I played that. Did you? Did you enjoy the two shots? <laughs> <laughs> the two I could make. Getting how floaty it was. Yes, I loved it. Um, well, that's a wide body. Uh, and uh, I played your comic uh, Star Wars. Uh, oh. I hadn't played a comic one before. <laughs> Play pretty similar to the original <laughs> it was, art. It was uh, shockingly similar to the regular version. Now, that thing was fast, right? Yeah, I didn't notice that being floaty. Okay. Whew. Damn. Yeah, George, on his first game on that, came over and I think GC'd it. Destroy the Death Star first game. I'm well, like, it, it's, it's a good thing none of them are on the current code, so you can just swap them. Okay, let's move on. scores will be gone. Okay. I don't uh, have internet out there. <laughs> you, you did for the ceremony. I know. It was a prime I should have updated them all then. Dang it. All right, where was I? I'm making fun of my game. Ugh. We were talking about Hurricane. Thank you. Okay, Hurricane. Poor Hurricane. Poor Popeye. Don't listen to these people. It was a wonderful interview. Go listen to it. Another interview this last week was from Stern Pinball's Keith Elwin. Ah, mm-hmm. The goat. I guess that was more of a sheep. Kind of. Yeah, plenty of those in this industry as well. Ooh, <laughs> wow. You're, you're actually Whoa. pretty good today, I have wow. to admit. Normally, it takes you time to think of this stuff. Woo. but Wow, this is what happens when you actually get up early. I know. I'm extra salty because of Valentine's this is the, Day. This is the second Pepsi kicking in. <laughs> it is. Man, for breakfast, breakfast to champions and those that wake up at 4.50 in the morning. Loser Kids interviewed Keith Elwin for the 12th time, and he indicated. (laughs) I did listen to this one. That was a good interview. Uh, I like that he dropped a couple little uh, goat nuggets. Nuggies. One of them being that we're not going to see a game from him cornerstone-wise this year. So maybe 2024? But he also said that his next game, I was surprised he gave this information to the community already, but he says his next game is four flippers. He just, uh, he had mm-hmm. to wash all of that two flipper out of his system uh, from Bond 60th. Now, well, he couldn't fit a third flipper on there with all those spinners. Uh, that's true. That is true. Four flippers on his next game, two of them regular size, two of them not regular size, of course, uh, I guess. I think he said... Oh. Additional, not, not, not regular. So he was he wouldn't commit to what size they were were going to be. Yeah, but what what person's like two are regular and two are TBA? Well, my guess would be it's possible that one the third one might be regular and the fourth one might be a mini. Oh, see, I got uh, okay. I I heard that wrong then. Uh, to me, it was I. I I mean, two regular size, two non regular. You're making me second guess myself a little bit, but I, I didn't only hear it less than a week ago. I thought he just said that, yeah, two regular size flippers and two additional flippers. I think that's what he said. So, given that we all know that the two regular size ones, or we think we know, the two regular size ones are going to be the Italian bottom format. But the other two, I'm guessing they're not the same size, but maybe one of them is regular. We don't know. And you know what? I'm hoping, I'm hoping you're right. He did say that three of the four flippers are going to be on the same side of the game. Okay, so they're all on the same side of the game, except for the opposite one down at the bottom. I I hope so. Oh, they're not going to spy hunter this or something. I know. I'm. Uh, that's what I'm saying. I really hope so. Keith, no, Keith would know better than uh, if that. anybody's going to take it. Uh, yeah, everybody. Now, nah, yeah. What do you feel about this? Because we had a little flipper in 
Iron Maiden. Then in Jurassic Park, we had three regular flippers. Then in Avengers, we had three regular flippers. Mm-hmm. In Godzilla, Godzilla was three regular. Three yeah. regular. And then in Bond 60th, two regular. He indicated on Bond 60th, he, he wanted to almost Harlem Globetrotter it, like scissor for it. Uh, hmm. Which I'm oh, glad. Oh, yeah, he, no, I could see that. It'd make it very interesting for trapping. Oh, I'm glad he didn't. Of course, you're glad. That, uh, don't mess with the Italian. No, I, I'll take it back because you'll ed- you've educated me. No, if you can't trap up, it's not. You could you would be able to argue that's not the whole point of the Italian bottom is to let you trap up. So mm. I thought it was sling and placement as well. No, there's it's, it's a whole mix of the stuff okay. with the inlines right. and the outlines and then the feed to be able to trap them. So, you know, it depends on how you set up the flippers, though. So like if you're doing the you could maybe I guess you could say you could double stack and and maybe try and still argue it's a an Italian if you could successfully trap on the first set. Mm. But of course, if there's the gap there, which a lot of times there might be, then it just or, depends on how they it depends yeah, how they set it up. It depends is. how they set it up. Like so, Star Trek uh, you know, kind of thing. but I'm glad I don't like that. I'm I want them to leave. Leave some things to the feel good, like Elwin's placement of his slings and his flippers. In my opinion, they're they're unique. They're not like the other designers, and I do think they they play well and they feel good. Same with um, John Borg's got his own kind of style. Gomez has his own type of flipper placement. Uh, EOS, like how far the flippers go up, the placement of them. Richie's got his own style. I just I like to leave that alone personally. What about you? Um, yeah, I'm not, uh, I'm not a huge advocate to going back to like non-Italian bottoms in particular. I don't know if I necessarily subscribe to Steve Ritchie's approach, which is he's been pretty public in a couple of interviews about, he never changes the lower section. Like it's always exactly placed exactly the same every time. And I get that for the consistency. And obviously there are a lot of people that are very enamored with how his games feel because there's that consistency. Uh, I'm willing to see a little bit of variance on that. Like, I don't mind you getting a little cute and saying, okay, well, maybe we'll do the, we'll do a pop bumper instead of a sling, for Mm. example. But you've still got the control down there. I think a lot of people really want that control and the ability to trap. Uh, And, you know, I'm not, I don't get hung up on like how many inlanes and outlanes you've got. Obviously, you know, like Pat Lawler likes to do a few more inlanes than the the two, two. That's still an Italian. Borg, you get Borg a lot. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, overall, I do think there's a reason why we see a lot of consistency in the lower section, and that's because that there's a lot of uh, popularity with that. In fact, I think that was probably a big driving factor for why uh, the P3 system is the way it is. And now there's a lot of talk about being able to extend mechs and stuff down, doing oh, things. Yeah. But the, the whole thought was, well, if the lower sections don't change much, then why don't you have the screen mm-hmm. there? And just have the the two slings there because that's the, that's the usual format. So in terms of this with the flippers, um, my general rule of thumb, my personal preference is that three flippers is the sweet spot. I did think the four flippers worked pretty pretty well in Iron Maiden, so mm-hmm. I'm sure he can implement four flippers very well. My normal my normal order of preference is I prefer three flipper followed by two followed by four. I think me too. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know about that two inch flipper. It's the thing with uh, when you add more and more flippers uh, that gets interesting, especially if they're in different spots. So you're not like doing that uh, the Harlem style or Sinbad or whatever, sure, sure. Being, you know, double stacks at the bottom and stuff is you have to consider all this uh, impact on reaction time and stuff. And when you've got a lot of flippers all over the place, like how 
are you, are you able to see all these feeds clean? Are you, are they mm-hmm. just giving you one additional shot? I mean, the more flippers you stick in, the fewer shots they're actually going to probably be able to access. So True. it's all that stuff coming, coming into play that, that makes you wonder. And I, I enjoy more like playing say Elwyn's Jurassic Park and being like, okay, there are like two really good shots, good feeling shots that you have access to with that third flipper. Mm-hmm. So there's variety to it. You Whereas well, I love the game a lot, Stern Star Trek with Richie. The that upper flipper is really only for the warp ramp. Mm. Now I botch that all the time and end up shooting the the left <laughs> ramp instead. But it's like it's designed for one explicit purpose, really. It it also has some stand-ups it tries to access in order to so it, it it's a, it's more flexible I think than Richie's I'm implying, Led but. Zeppelin had that that same shot, but it was advertised as that left ramp being a makeable shot from the uh from the upper flipper, I believe. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> uh, honestly, my all my time with Led Zeppelin was on the pro, and it just killed me that there was that dead end shot for that flipper. Oh. It just, I think it wrecked the whole thing. I that, hated it. As John Borg whistles away. <laughs> uh, I, I, you said it's interesting putting f- those two-inch flippers or the four. I think it, moreover, I think it's it gets in the way. When you get a multi-ball going on Iron Maiden, it's just not as satisfying to me as if you get a multi-ball going in Godzilla. It's just their mm. shots get in the way. You're, you're flipping because it's not like you're in action and stage flipping. Like if you're stage flipping, you're holding balls, right? So I like to, you know, especially while the ball save is on, I'm, you know, I'm rapid firing. And a lot of my shots are, they're blocked because of those little flippers. What about, what about this, Dennis and listener? What if, if I'm thinking three on the same side, three flippers of four flippers on the same side, I'm now thinking upper play field. What are your thoughts? Do we ever see Keith Elwin go into the upper play field? Um, hmm. I guess or lower play field, but lower play fields suck. Right, 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 right. Uh, upper play fields aren't the best. It's, it's a, you know what? I had never really thought about it. Um, but I mean, if it's this flipper configuration, are you asking? Do I think it's this one? Or do I think he ever does it? Maybe. I do you? What do you think the odds that are that we use a third flipper on the one side to be on an upper play field more so than three flippers on a level mm. playing field? I'm gonna guess no, mm. but uh, but I, it definitely, I definitely. I mean, it would it would meet that. You could you could pull that off. You know, like a like an Aerosmith where you have an upper play field with one flipper on it, for example, or a mm-hmm. World Poker Tour. Did it just have one up there to try and get the little ball locked for the oh. ace in the hole or whatever? Why was I thinking there's two? I don't know. I've never owned a World Poker Tour. I don't remember. It's been so. It's been years since I played one. Um, yeah, no, it, it could be done. I don't. I kind of feel though that I mean, now that we are we've seen five games from Elwin and none of them have had upper play fields, that if he was an upper play field guy, that he'd have done it by now. Yeah, he's more of a, a loops no scoops guy. And I, you know, I don't know what what all of his preferences are versus my preferences, but some of the games where you had the upper play fields and then you don't have the upper play fields, like uh, Game of Thrones is my case in point. I'm I like them better when they're faster mm. and and not having the upper play field. I don't think a Game of Thrones has a bad upper play field, but I like the pro more. I just think it, it's more fun Most to not do. have to be up there because uh, it it slows things up so much. Mm-hmm. And and Elwin's games don't normally seem like, well, I think a lot of his layout configurations are relatively safe. I don't feel like he likes to have the ball be slow all the time, mm. 
which is why he seems to, and this is my theory, why he uh, does not gravitate towards scoops unless he needs them. Uh, because those all just slow the ball. I mean, what's 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 a scoop that doesn't feel slow? The only one I can name for you is TNAs. Sure. Yeah, I mean, it's not even really a scoop whenever it reacts as fast as it does. It's more of a kickback. But what if he's just thinking to himself, oh, all these knuckleheads, I'm not going to have a cornerstone in a while. I got to give them something to chew on. Let's throw them off our scent. Let's tell them there's two regular size flippers and stretching the truth and saying that a regular size flipper with a shark fin on it is not really a regular flipper. Uh, uh. Okay. Like, so you're bay watching uh, it up. Yeah. But bay watch was, a, I think a small flipper, wasn't it? Or was that? A normal yes, flipper? it was. It was a, like a mini flipper with a f- yeah. dorsal fin or something. Yeah, so if you put a fin on a flipper, does it make it uh, a non-regular? I don't, I don't know. Maybe there's a fin on it. I, We'll have to wait and see. We're not going to have to wait very long for code updates, though, because James Bond code updates just keep on coming out. No one cares. Yeah. <laughs> Did you just growl? Did yes. you just growl at me? And <laughs> 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 a Rottweiler coming out. <laughs> Listen, Cujo, put that shit back in the cage where it belongs. <laughs> neuter me. James Bond owners sure as hell care about code updates. <laughs> They need them. Snip, snip. That game is finally coming coming to be uh, each and every week. Now that we can stack stuff. And uh, I, I still have a lot of people that are saying, man, I love the way this game shoots. I'm, I'm waiting. I'm waiting. So we got that. And Godzilla got a code update. And the topper, it's a topper. Updating topper light shows. So maybe that's coming sooner than later. It's weird that we potentially could get the James Bond topper before. Godzilla or Rush toppers, but I don't know. Did you ever see the Rudy's Nightmare topper that they were selling? Uh, yes, I did. Wasn't too not wild. in person, only like online. I wasn't too wild about it. It didn't look that good. It's okay, but you know, I don't. I don't think much about toppers. Yeah, I know you don't. It's just it was a molding. Rudy didn't look. The reason I bring that up is Pedretti Gaming, uh, creators of Funhouse 2.0, Rudy's Nightmare, uh, courtesy of Nap Arcade. Uh, reporting that Pedretti Gaming appears to be close to announcing their next 2.0 game kit. Oh. Man, said that maybe by TPF we'll be able to play it there or see it. Oh, very close mm-hmm. then. Okay. Yeah, and on social media, Pedretti did indicate that we're less than six weeks away from reveal. So, number one, uh, we don't know numbers or anything like that. I don't know if Funhouse 2.0 Rudy's Nightmare was considered a success or not. I suppose so if they're going to continue making these 2.0 kits. A lot of people have talked about it, but I don't know if it was a success. There's a lot of mixed reactions to that to that released game enhancement. Okay. I've not really researched it to know what, how people have been responding to it. Okay. I, I know they put a lot of effort into promoting its existence. Uh, there are a lot of fun houses out there, so mm-hmm. there's a good potential audience to it. But all that being said, they would have had to, especially if they're going to be ready possibly by TPF to drop this new 2.0 kit, they would have had to have moved along on this upcoming 2.0 before they would have really known, in my opinion, That's how well true. the yeah. Rudy's Nightmare had done. So they may have already been committed on the next kit, regardless mm-hmm. of how the Funhouse kit went. That's a really good point. I don't. The only reason I don't know is because when it came out, people... You know, the, the, the call outs by Mark Silk, they're like, you eh, don't know about that. And they like the premise and the idea of it, but 
then you had to install it and everything. And then even on the forums, I went and checked the forums. There's a lot of people kind of upset with bugginess of code and the way it, you know, interactions and code updates. And it's, it's a mixed bag. So I'll be interested to see if the two next 2.0 kit uh, goes anywhere or not. It still interests me because I love the premise of updating some of these older games. Some of the choices are what kind of worries me looking at how they did Rudy's Nightmare. So, uh, as well as like, there's other people doing 2.0 kits. I know that No Good Gophers, there was a team doing that. I was eh on that. Uh, Paradigm Tilt, we haven't really talked about that. Paradigm Tilt's doing a Swords of Vengeance uh, concept. They get a video out for an update there. That's rather interesting. But I, I, I don't know if it was a success or not. Go read in the forums and determine for yourself. But Dennis, I'll ask you this. What is your guess as to what they might be revealing for their next 2.0 game? What Do you think they'll stick uh, with alphanumeric stuff? So well, th- or? I mean, and I was going to ask you, do you, what did you think that? Do you think they're going to like mm. take an alphanumeric and, and DMD it up or? I guess they're uh, going to stick with that because that's. Okay. The, it, but. <sighs> It yep. makes the most sense to me, though going with a DMD kit solves some of the installation problems, arguably. True. Uh, if you could still use the same old display. But here's the th- here's the main thing. So so Funhouse, and of course we know Dutch back before Big Lebowski did their Bride of Pinbot 2.0. Mm-hmm. Those both were WPC board set games that were alphanumeric before the DMDs. There's only one other game that used that board set that was alphanumeric and it won't be one they do. It's Harley Davidson. Mm-hmm. So, and I, and if you've never played a Harley Davidson, a, a midway Harley Davidson's actually, I, I think it's a really fun game. It's very much in the street level philosophy of silver slugger. And okay. in fact, it was William's response to silver slugger, mm. but they only made uh, under 2200 units for it. So it's not an, it's not an ideal candidate. Most people don't have access to the game. I always forget that Bride of Pinbot was WPC. I, I have it ingrained yeah. in my head that it's Fun an alphanumeric. W- it feels like a System Eleven because it's still sure, alphanumeric, sure. but it had a more powerful board set. Um, so I think I do agree with where you were leaning, though. I think you stick alphanumeric. I think if we're talking about like what deserves to be redone in terms of rules and how games play, the System Eleven era is ripe oh, with bad Jesus. rules on otherwise good games. All right, they may not have been Premier Gottlieb bad, but almost all <laughs> yeah. of them, almost all of them have bad rules and some like they're too easy to exploit. Like today we these these would have been things that our rules makers would have caught right off the bat and stopped. So based off of that, I think it would be a System 11 because you know there are a lot of options. There are 30 different System 11 There's games. There's so many good ones too. Yes. And then that's the other thing is volume. So remember uh, I mentioned Funhouse. Funhouse, they made almost 11,000 units of Funhouse. Bride for Dutch, that was over 8,000 units. I don't think you want to turn to like a Harley of, you no. know, what, what's, their, what's their count? 2,187. So if it's System 11, it can't be a, a scant one, like mm-hmm. Grand Lizard, with, yeah, which was under 3,000. Like, you can't be doing Grand Lizard. Uh, Diner, I don't think makes sense because that wasn't even 4,000. So I'm thinking things like High Speed, mm. Pinbot, F-14 Tomcat, those all were over ten thousand units, Ooh. and you don't so, think there's a you don't think that there's an issue with it not being a WPC game. I think the kit would require a new board, and they're using they're using fast boards, 
mm-hmm. Fastboard System. Shout out to Fast. They make a fantastic product. And I, I did a little research. So Fast makes these retro boards, and they're capable of doing System 11, uh, WPC 89 stuff. They're they're capable of doing all of that stuff. So because I, yep. I thought maybe that that's the hang up there, but no, that's not you the hang up. Right. It's not. They're not since they're not going in and just replacing ROM chips mm-hmm. and making a 2.0 version using the old hardware. That that no, I don't think. And you they can all do a the pin sound the Excel hardware. board, so they're fine there. So so yeah, you're gutting it. You're going to put in new a uh, whole new board system, but you'll still be able to use the alphanumeric displays. Yeah. No, I, I you could do any of them. So it's a question of what's high volume. You know, and, one you uh, didn't list that I think that I would put my guess would be which? another Pat Lawler game. It's Whirlwind. I thought about naming Whirlwind, but Whirlwind wasn't even 7,500 units. So is it enough to want to do a 2.0 kit? Because again, looking at these other 2.0 kits, and I don't know all these other, these many, but again, my my floor currently of the WPC ones was was Pinbot at Mm -hmm. 8,100 units. So you're giving up over 500 more units. Is it close enough? Maybe. Possibly. Um, but then again, somebody well, else was working. rules aren't particularly bad. No, they're either, good though, rules. That's so. why they're using competitions I mean, it, a lot. But it, it was one of the one of the last uh, System 11. Somebody's so. working on a whirlwind. Remember, they got in trouble for calling it something. They had to change the name. I think it was I think it's mm-hmm. apple juice or is it orange juice? Uh, one of the juices was working on that whirlwind 2.0, I believe. So maybe maybe that leads credence to it. Maybe that Could. suggests Maybe. that no, somebody else working on it, we're not even going to touch that. I, I don't know. What about an Elvira and the Party Monsters? We know how loved that is, uh, you know, contemporarily speaking. Contemporarily. I don't even know if that's a word. With Stern's Elvira's House of Horrors and even Scared Stiff. Do we see an update to Elvira and the Party Monsters? No, because it's an ugly ballet cabinet. I think they stay away from that. Mm. You think just because, of the, just because of the cabinet? I truly do, yeah. And, <laughs> and they're going to have the same display. I don't know if the if the same trim and display and everything on the ballets is the same as the again. Uh, there were only four thousand Elviras, so okay. do you do yeah. it? So I mean, the the Bally branded uh, System Eleven games, like that was where they dumped all of the ones that weren't popular. Sure. So no, like there's not a single one. That's the most produced one, to my knowledge, is Elvira at four thousand. I think every single one of them is under four thousand. Other than that, poor mousing around. Yeah, yeah, mousing around was like just under three. I really like that game, and I, you know what? Another game I like that's beautiful. Bad cats. Meow, 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 meow. Bad cats could use a new new meow, rule meow, set. Meow, that's meow. that's for sure. Seafood. Um, yeah, but um, but yeah, bad cats on. I'm not sure how many bad cats. Let me see if I can look it up here. Twenty five hundred. So you see, it's yeah, just not, not there's not enough kits to sell. Is the thing you like? You gotta. That's part of what I'm doing. Is I I have to think about. How many games potentially could be converted? Because we don't know how many have survived in the first place back then. And they mm-hmm. started to stick around more around this time period, you know, in terms of the modern era. But uh, so when you think about something like um, a Road Kings, which could really use a new rule set at 5,500 units, is it worth doing? Or would you rather go ahead and do high speed, which had over 17,000? I still think there's a difference between the, the number of units produced versus popularity today. Sure, but you can't if you don't have access to the game. Yeah, they're not going to do radical. I get that, um, but uh, but uh, you know, uh, uh, high to speed, me, it's, sure. it's well, it's about make. They're doing it to make money. So mm-hmm. why would you? I that's why I could possibly whirlwind is not a bad guess. It, it yeah, it's lower than Bride of Pinbot, but it's not a thousand units lower. Uh, it'll taxis, be, it'll be taxis, taxis in that then. same range, like seventy three hundred. 
I can see Taxi happening. I can see Black but, Knight 2000 right. happening. But There's so in the cases Black of, yeah, I mean, it's like, I mean, that's where it's still, I, I just don't know where the floor is. So Black Knight 2000, Earthshaker, Jokers, those are under 6,000 units, but they're over 5,000 units. Is that enough? Mm. I, you know, Big Guns is still over 5,000. Millionaire, which could use a whole new everything, is 3,500 units were made. I just, but compared to what they've already done, if you want, you need to maximize how many people might buy it. And unfortunately, your ceiling on sales is, this is not like toppers where, well, it's kind of, I guess, where some people will buy toppers without having the games, but that's because they're assuming they're going to get the game eventually. Mm-hmm. You know, the maximum number of whirlwind kits you'd ever be able to sell is 7,304. But realistically, you know, there are not 7,304 whirlwinds still out there. You're right. So when you're looking at that stuff and you say bad cats at 2,500 initially built, how many are left and how many of those people who have it want a kit? Because it's not going to be everyone. No. It's just, I just, a lot of these are just not going to be worth the They also time. might be thinking to themselves, with the cost of these kits, it's probably going to go to somebody, a collector, willing to spend that extra amount of money which would then be titles that lend themselves to more collectability. Mm-hmm. I don't know about Pinbot. I just don't know what they would do with that. Now, if you if they were going to go into the DMD era, oh, that things opens would up so you, yeah, you'd things. you'd really open. So like on the on the Bally side of WMS, obviously you got Adams Family. Why hasn't anyone kitted Adams Family? You're Adams right, Family yeah. could use some new rules. Oh, absolutely. Twilight Zone, that's a double digit sale. All of them. I mean, I can't think of one off the top of my head that wouldn't be. Everybody um, loves WPCs. Uh, uh, on the yeah, on the on the Williams side again. Just thinking volume. If we're talking like they did Funhouse, which was you know over ten thousand units. T two, Getaway, uh, Getaway could use Getaway could use bug fixes. Uh, Fish Tales, Indiana Jones, mm. uh, Star mm. Trek TNG. Those mm. are all over ten thousand made. Creature from the Black Lagoon, Whitewater, all of them. I could see. I mean, and and even though you know a lot of those are still way up there on, even Red and Ted's Roadshow had over sixty two hundred units. So, it's. I mean, there's some. uh, I think the volume is going to make a make a big difference. And and, there are some games that don't need to be touched, though. Like Shadow does not need to be touched. I think I don't think the Shadow needs to be touched. Uh, When I'm looking through this, any others? I don't know if World Cup Soccer needs to be touched. Scared stiff. Believe it or not, I don't think it needs to be touched. Even though that's has one of the least uh, depth rule sets. I don't know. I'm mixed on some of these because I like them how they are. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess if I were what I would like to see as someone not in the market for any of these kits, because I don't have any of these games, uh, would would be more on the System 11 front. I just think a there's, 14 Tom there's, kit. there's a lot. Yeah. There's just a lot there that could really be improved. I think you could see some significant improvements. Not to mention that when you go the DMD era, um, you're going to be compared to a lot of the decisions. You're always going to be compared to a lot of the decisions, but I, there's just a lot more that people I think I've sort of fallen in love with with the DMD era. And, you know, like how there were complaints about the fun house and the voicing uh, mm-hmm. because it's different, I think, is where the complaints come from. When you start getting compared to the old DMD set and everything else, I, you know, I don't know if you want to compete with that. Maybe. And we got to think that there are some licenses that are System 11 games that, frankly, they couldn't, uh, maybe they could, they probably wouldn't want to afford the licensing rights to make them into DMD. Because my thought is, out of all of those, if you gave me an option, my choice would probably be Bugs Bunny's Birthday Ball. Mm. That's a game that I think could be really fun 
And it's a theme that is just so damn great that nobody's attempted again. Think about DMDing that thing uh, and the the quirky layout that it has. For the most part, I think a lot of people's complaints about Bugs Bunny is more rule set than it is layout, right? I mean, it's that's my complaint. The way out, the, the layout is is a weird one. Funky. I will say that, but but they made so few of them. Yeah, it's. I mean, but they made what? They made uh, less than twenty three hundred of them. I've only ever seen it once. Looney Tunes. I mean, I just don't think they made. Uh, setting aside a license, I just think the potential uh, number of kit sales is too low to risk it. Oh, absolutely. There's not enough people own it. A hundred percent. Absolutely. Yeah. It's like, it's the same thing. Why Bally game show and pool sharks and all the, you know, all the rest transporter, why you won't see those done. I would hate to see how much that would cost as well. Oh, Oh, you know, and I don't even know if they'd be the worst. I mean, it, uh, you know, I'd really worry about where we know the pinball arcade, the, the video game company where they struggled, you know, they had to do fundraisers to be able to do T2 and oh, the like DMD they, stuff. Yeah, that's yeah, when it yeah. Gets the crazy. DMD stuff. Adams yeah. was a big issue. Indiana like, Jones. Uh, yeah, yeah all of those are. Uh, that's where I think more reasons why to stick more with System Eleven because there were very few licenses with System Eleven. And speaking of upcoming games, we've got that 2.0 that's coming out, but Nap Arcade also investigated the U.S. PTO database, the Patents and Trademark Office database. I think that's what it is. And found that, uh, not to say that these are going to be made as pinball machines, but a lot of licenses do have pinball, or the term pinball machine, listed as an official possibility for uh, future product production uh, kind of stuff. Including The Godfather, Jaws, Wednesday Adams, character from the Adams Family, Pink Floyd, Rebel Moon, Netflix just picked up a, uh, I think it's a Zack Snyder thing that, the Rebel Moon from the anime. Avatar. All these licenses have been from the USPTO office, been approved uh, licensing for a pinball machine. Doesn't mean it's going to happen, but as we go through these, the Godfather has been a rumor. Do we do we see that happening? Do you think that's a... We've already voiced that we don't think it's a great license, but that's the rumor that that will happen. Jaws. That's been the rumor by Stern Pinball. We can both agree that's a pretty great license, right? I think Jaws is a strong license, Zach, but uh, only if there's actual character asset usage. I don't want to see it as uh, like the Jurassic Park. So if it's just the shark uh, and maybe you have like a few call outs by one of the guys who played one of the sons in the movie. <laughs> like, I just don't think I don't know. I mean, it'll still probably sell well because it's stern and it's a popular license, but I think it'll be seen as a miss if they if it's really just the shark in the boat. Even if it is Keith Elwin? Okay. Well, maybe not a miss then. See, yeah, I agree with you. I, I want all of the assets. I want the Richard Dreyfus. I want I want all of it. A but, miss on a miss for the theme collectors. Yeah, but you know, those sales, that are yeah, sales if <laughs> sales would be nuts. What about Wednesday Adams? I've not seen this. I've heard the show. I saw a lot of the ads for the show. Show's uh, been doing very well on Netflix. And it, it sounded like it was doing well. So given all of that, this is one of those, I think, bold picks based off of very early reaction that could pan out very well. I'd almost think it's a, sp- a spooky wheelhouse game, obviously. But uh, as early as this feels, it, it seems more like a stern grab to me. If, if that and it if, feels- it's, if it's happened. To me, it feels like it, somebody's just locking it up. I, uh, because of the history that this industry has with the Adams family, 
one would think, well, this is a no brainer. I actually think it, no, it makes it worse. I don't know. Unless this just turns out to be a huge, huge hit. I know it was a big hit thus far, but uh, to my knowledge, we haven't seen subsequent seasons yet. We'll see if this is a, a flash in the pan or if this, you know, has legs. What about Pink Floyd? Oh, yeah. No, that one. It's uh, almost surprising to me that Pink Floyd has not yet been done as a pinball machine. Completely agree. I don't think um, now, granted, uh, if it gets the Led Zeppelin treatment, that makes me sad because Led Zeppelin is fantastic music. Hmm. Yeah, but I, I kind of wonder if maybe, the, you know, this seems like the sort of theme that Pinball Brothers would go for. Oh, I think that they know there's been a lot of excitement on on Queen, which they brought in from the old highway days. Mm-hmm. So they if they're thinking, you know what? We know band pins have a built in audience. We know Pink Floyd is a very respected band. Um, let's go ahead and, and go for that. That's not bad. I think it's a good idea. I like Pink Floyd. I think it would make a, a good seller. I, my ignorance here. I don't know much about Rebel Moon. I've never heard of it. Let's move on. No. Oh, well, there you go. Uh, what about Avatar? Yeah, I think it would be Stern since they did it before and they have such a... I mean, obviously, JJP's worked with Disney as well, but it's only been, to my knowledge, JJP and Stern working with Disney. And Stern seems to get whatever it wants from Disney, so... And uh, I've I've not seen the new movie. I meant to see it, and then I decided I had so much work stuff. Three and a half hours that, elsewhere. Yeah, yes. I decided. Well, I was just like I had a friend of mine who wanted to see it also, and I was thinking about doing it. And then uh, with my work schedule, I'm like, uh, <laughs> regardless, uh, I've heard fantastic. very good things about it. Yeah. Uh, obviously, there've been a lot of people eagerly awaiting Avatar. Uh, it's a game that was old enough that it's not super weird for Stern to revisit it. It's still a little agree, weird, but agree. I mean, I mean, come on, they revisited Avengers with no ill effects, so mm-hmm. why not re- revisit Avatar? If it's hot, it's hot. Yeah, you can do one every year. If they wanted to do a Harry Potter every three years, they could. Maybe this one, uh, we won't be able to coffin lock the ball and then shake the machine in order to get our credits. What's wrong for with striking the, it? The leave alone, Jake Sully. I love the film. I love the theme. I think I'm kind of in the minority for it being a theme for pinball. I think it gets a hard time in the pinball world, the stern edition of it, iteration of it, because of the theme. Mm. I don't think it's all that different to Iron Man. I, I know it is. I get that it is. And I know the reasons why Iron Man is. I'm just saying the gap between the two, I think, is overblown. I think the backlash, I never assumed it was due to the theme. I've always assumed the less popular, the lower popularity, let's put it that way, the lower popularity of Avatar, I felt stemmed from one. It's noted there were, especially the one of the multiballs was somewhat easy to exploit. And it's also a one ramp game. Mm-hmm. And it's like, so you split the difference. You didn't do at least two ramps, but you didn't do a single level. You did one ramp. And people just, it looks, when they look at that, they they think it looks cheap. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we get that. Uh, side note, you know how many freaking emails and messages we're going to have to field this week for you poo-pooing Rebel Moon? Oh, they're going to come out of the woodworks, aren't you, listener? You've already submitted it. I didn't poo-poo bit. it. I said I don't know what it is, so let's move on because there's nothing to be said if you don't know anything about it. <sighs> there was no poop. There was tone. There was no flaming bag of poop. There was tone. Someone don't put ding, it out with Someone ding-dong dashed my house the other day. What did they do? Ding-dong dash. You know, when you ring the bell and run off, did they do know the ring cameras record them, right? Uh Oh, sorry, little girl. Enjoy jail. It was Tony, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yes, he drove all the way up here. As he giggled that. away. As he giggled. <laughs> and then he whines about having to do another 5K. A shitty little girl, huh? Brenton. Yeah, it was a whole gaggle of kids, but there was oh. one little girl, the shortest one of them all. That she they was got the brave to go one. Up there. She was the brave one. Was it a knock or a ring? It was a double ring. <gasps> uh, ding, ding, ding. Like a double like push. A, like push the button try so you hear, hear ding, ding, <laughs> dong. And then I just hear all the screaming and laughing as they're running. And I heard one of the other ones on the little ring recording go, you're weird to the one who rang, I guess. Oh, poor little girl. You're so weird. She was peer pressured into it. I don't know. There was someone yesterday who went by and was opening all the mailboxes. I think it was the same little girl. We might have a little hooligan. What the hell? Mm-hmm. Opening mailboxes, ringing doorbells. <laughs> I can see you just blowing through a screen door uh, like a cartoon character, sprinting and just tackling her ass <laughs> to the ground. A child, yes. Oh, that's, yeah. So what... Road rash on her elbows and everything. You have all these odd iterations of me in your mind's eye. Hey, I'll I'll drop a kid. (laughs) Well, yeah, but everyone knows you're like the mean one and I'm the nice one. Yeah, I'd fuck up an eagle too. I'm not scared of these animals. I'm not scared of kids either. Oh, can we can we change the market trends to a loon? No, we're not. That was bullshit. And how dare they? uh, How (laughs) dare they infiltrate? It sounds like so much friendlier. (laughs) It's so stupid in the snowblower on stereo. So dumb. I noticed it was stereo and I was like, yeah, I'm going to keep it that way. So stupid. You keep your loons up north. I think there are a lot more. I don't know how to search the USPTO, but I bet there's a lot more that are designated having pinball machines approved thus far. We'll have to wait and see because I don't feel like searching it. Like remember Sonic the Hedgehog? Oh, they yeah, someone was... stole Sonic from American Pinball, but it wasn't Stern. That's what we yeah. were told. Well, that's what we were told. I went to USPTO, and I was trying to search it and stuff. I found all the Sonic stuff, but I, to, I, maybe I missed it, but I didn't see Pinball. for I, I, I don't know. I don't know how these things work. I did go search Back to the Future as well. And, well, it's Back to the browser. That's all we need is another Marty McButterface. No, we don't need that. Goonies, I did. So I spent a little too much time on it. I couldn't figure something out. I'm not as smart as Nap or any of them. So just let me know what's coming out. Email me at the pinball network at gmail.com. I think it about sums up the news. I mean, we had Chicago Gaming Company. People are still wondering where the Cactus Canyons are. Joel Engelbert did stream the new Cactus Canyon remake LE. He did, mm. uh, showing some topper cam action, uh, that integration mode from the topper. So go check that out on Flipping Out Pinball, the VOD. Uh, I, I got to throw. I'm going to throw Joel out there. This guy is, he's sweating. He's, I didn't think this would be difficult for him. Dennis, he is contemplating whether or not he wants to buy a Cactus Canyon. Hmm. Of all the games that he has borrowed and stuff, he, I mean, he's messaging me about pricing, availability. Oh, okay. Wow. Like he's, and, and he's asking about the SE Plus because he likes the topper. And I'm like, Joel, for, are you for real? Because he's getting very much into rule sets and stuff like that. And we know that Cactus Canyon isn't known for being deep, deep. Yeah, he's he's like, man, I'm really just, damn, there's something about this game. I'm lo-. So I told him, I said, well, just play the hell out of it while you got it. And then, and then see. So he might wait for Medieval Madness, but yeah. So listen to the latest Triple Drain Pinball podcast. See what he has to say for yourself. Well, Dennis, it's that time again where we get to submit to everybody 
a performance of an industry, one that has been designated award-winning. I know that they don't have segments, that, but we all know that there is one segment that stands out amongst the field of plebe segments in pinball podcasting, right? Rumor, rumor corner. corner? No. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Look, rumor corner is trending. I hear the cry. I hear the cry of the animals. <laughs> no, no loons. We're not looning it. I'd say that uh, even drain it or save it. Not as hot as the mm. segment over here at the pinball show. I'd, games you like, games you hate. More like segments that are trending down. Uh, you know, uh, there's no hotness here. Where are you guys at, pinball podcasting? Tom talks. Doesn't mean he doesn't. Trend down. A lot of things are just sitting idle. The poor man's. I think the poor men pinball podcast are too poor to even have a segment. <laughs> I know what segment they've got. There's uh would you buy that? Would you buy that? Man, what a great idea for audio podcast. <laughs> 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 and the, the one segment that people loved so mean. was too controversial and it's gone. I'm talking about final rounds. Would Marty kill this person? <laughs> yeah, well, that one was very violent. <laughs> I mean, I mean, murder scenarios, you know, that's gone. What, what about meth on pinball party? Is he a segment? Man, meth is kind of trending though, just because it's meth, but the dog chewing the chips. I don't know how far that's going to go. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I'm not sure that ASMR stuff flies. Even people are getting tired of figuring it out. <laughs> I read that. Yes. I'm it's like, been how over, dare you? They've been overfigured. How dare all of you? Bullshit. Over figured. And I'll say it, even this or that. Oh. So no, that's what that's the best thing on straight down the middle. I don't know if it holds candle flame to the one, the only, the only pinball podcast segment that's too good to fuck itself on Valentine's Day. Ladies and gentlemen, it's pinball market trends. Come on. <laughs> so bad. It's like a five-minute lead-in. Cuckoo! Cuckoo! Can we have an owl instead? Oh my gosh! That's my. I'm kind of bringing out my inner uh, my inner Tootsie Roll. I'm thinking something like like how many licks does it take? To- to, One, to get to the to two, get to the center of the of the Deadpool Pro sales, it takes three. <laughs> oh, that <is> good. <laughs> yes, the rolled R. Yes, very good. I oh, like it. Oh my god! Training up this week. Like I know that people who make money saying negative shit are not going to want to hear this, but it's the market, Dennis. Listener, the market is trending up. Does that go against everything? No, it doesn't. Look at the stock market. I don't follow, so I don't know what it's doing. But I can tell you when it comes to pinball, for some reason or another, the last two weeks have kind of been on fire. And this is me as a dealer telling you, I don't know what, like, we're running out of some machines. Machines that have been sitting. I think our sales have been up 40%, at least 40% over the last couple weeks. It's coming out of nowhere. We've sold a lot of pinball machines just in the last week alone. And stuff that I wouldn't have thought is going to just be flying off the shelves is flying off the shelves. Have you noticed any of that lately? We see even numbers no longer are dropping, dropping uh, in the secondary market for pinball machines. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's the tax. Are people getting tax returns right now? 
Uh, it's it's a little early. I mean, I most people so can't most people can't really start to submit until the start of February, just because uh, many uh, places, uh, pr- pretty much every place, is allowed to wait until January thirty first to get you there. You know, ten ninety nines and all of that. Uh, that being said, the uh, like I know the the Nasdaq market has uh, has been trending upwards here over the last oh. month monthish. I mean, not every not every day is up, but some truth. It's it's a little bit down now than it was at the start of February, but the start of February is quite a bit up from the start of January. Everybody thought it was um, going to take this nosedive, this recession, right? And it still may. But for some reason right now, it's, it's waxing and waning and it's it's it ain't tanking. It is not yeah, tanking. It's, uh, market prediction stuff is, and this is why, you know, you have all these people with who are you know professionals on it and and it's so different there's a reason why like index, me right pinball there's a, well there's a reason why index funds often uh often end up beating the <laughs> beating the predictions of uh of analysts and it's just because it's so hard to predict because there's mm. so many factors and we have a global economy so all of that stuff uh coming into play uh, you know, there might be something. I mean, we were on a. I don't know what I would chalk it up to in terms of these these market sales. Saying aside, just something unique about pinball. It could be as simple as people got Christmas presents that they didn't want, and they returned them and got cash, and oh. they were buying things they wanted. I could, I could throw that out there as a hypothetical. Could be weather based as well. Sure, right. sure. Yeah, that's a good point. It's not, you know, people aren't usually doing a lot on the vacation game at the start of the new year. It's usually mm-hmm. time to start refilling the vacation piggy bank. But you, know, you know what else? It doesn't it could mean be? the actual piggy bank's empty. That's right. It also could be listener. Could be a market uh, that you thought was saturated, and a lot of us dealers do have healthy inventories that we are not crazy about having. But there's also something to say, Dennis, about Stern Pinball not really having a lot of production lately of, of older titles or brand new titles or anything it, it just seems like there's a lull of here's james bond here's james bond here's james bond uh, we're not seeing a lot of stuff new there's a cornerstone cut last year so people are craving those older titles that aren't being made as quick we've got games being discontinued from stern pinball a lot quicker than they have in yesteryears uh we've got georgia jack pinball who you know toy story is kind of at its it was at its peak long ago, and those were sitting. So people are eager to get the new JJP, eager to get the new American Pinball. We haven't seen that. Eager to get Chicago Gaming because those cactuses are trickling out. So they're making use of what is there, which is inventory. So training up this week, for example, is the Mandalorian. The Mandalorian Pro, uh, we've had plenty of inventory. I felt healthy with inventory on Mandalorian. They're not going to build that again until schedules right now are saying November for the Mandalorian. I thought, you know what? I'm going to ride through this year. We're going to have a, a handful of Mandalorian pros and premiums. We're going to be fine. Damn if I didn't just sell out of Mandalorian pros at flipping out pinball. We're, we Like in the last week, we sold three. Just Mandalorian pros. People had to have them. I even pushed somebody to another dealer because I, uh, I ran out. The Mandalorian, Dennis? What the hell is up with that? Well, I mean, it does have that bazillion dollar topper. But the markets are fluctuating. They're changing. They're seeing Pedro Pascal. Maybe, maybe, yeah, uh-huh. maybe because they're seeing him on yeah. The Last of Us. Or uh, isn't the new uh, season it's three coming. of Mandalorian coming up here next month? It's so coming. So it's it warming up. Usually some, we, some hype. I yeah. So uh, we still have Mandalorian premiums, but the Mandalorian pros are gone. I trained it up last week. We're going to do it again this week because numbers don't lie. I only report the facts. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Rush Pinball by Stern Pinball. Trending up. It recently won Best of Show Award at the Pinball Awards. People continue to talk about it. 
it's climbing up the charts on the Pinside Top 100. I think it's like number 12 mm. of all time. Wow, I haven't checked that chart in a long time. To the point, same thing as Mandalorian Pro, and it's pros, pro sales right now uh, are really going quick. Uh, Rush, I thought, I knew I'd sell out of them because they're not on schedule this year. We, we'd been out of the Rush premiums for a long time, but Rush Pro sold three of those. Those are gone. I don't have any more Rush Pros to sell. Now I'm sitting here like, uh-oh, shit, all this inventory I was worried about, it's all gone. What am I going to do? Rush Pros and Rush Premium is gone from flipping out pinball. I don't know what to do. People are buying them. Bye, bye, bye. I'd hate to see what happens when the expression lights come out. Whoa. And that thing is just, I think it's its code and it's media talking it up, competition, players talking it up, forums, enthusiasts. People are just loving Rush and it is showing in sales. Also trending up this week, hell, even, even signs, game room signs, the ultimate topper, the Stern Pinball Alley sign. Have you ever seen this thing? I've got one myself, but uh, they they're, they sold them to dealers in the past and family entertainment centers. It's like this ginormous six-foot vacuum-molded plastic light show spectacle. It says Pinball Alley on it real big. Have you seen that? No, I've not. It is a spectacle. It's awesome. This thing is sexy as all get out. And you couldn't just buy them. Public can't buy them. Kind of like banners. Couldn't buy them. But now everybody wants this. I call it the ultimate topper. It's the topper that sits above all the other games. Like a topper in itself. One sold recently on Pinside. A guy listed it for $8,000. $8,000. And people said, smoking crack, bro. And he said, Mm -hmm. no, I'm not smoking crack. Just hold my beer. And uh, while the Pinside people held this gentleman's beer, I knew for sure 8000 was actually too low. Too low for uh, a big old sign like that. And damned if he didn't sell it really quickly and said there was about 20 people lined up that would have bought it if he would have been willing to ship it. $8,000. Would have went for 10 me. easy. It confuses me. You can get giant custom signs made for well under that. It would have probably cost just because if if it was metal, yes, but because it was vacuum-formed plastic and stuff, I, eh, I don't see it. Yeah, I mean, okay, I don't, I don't know. Listeners, Nowadays, if you're wanting, to, and I'm talking like six foot by six foot uh, neon signs, you know, contact me, and we can, I can hook you up with people that'll be able to do that for half that price. Oh, bye, 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 bye. And, you know, gen, and, and we're talking like custom. You'll pay a certain amount for the design, and you'll pay a certain amount for the neon vendor, but it's not going to run you $8,000, and it will be feet with flashing effects and all of that. It can be done. I'm just saying. There's a whole world out there of neon vendors waiting to bend neon for you. Speaking of Pedro Pascal. Yes, you could probably get someone to shape him in neon. I would love it. Do you prefer it? Have you been watching The Last of Us? No, no, I don't have Netflix. We've we've talked about this. It's Netflix, right? I don't have HBO either. Game of Thrones went away. <laughs> Isn't that the HBO? Yeah. Sound? No HBO. Sorry. I'm not currently subscribed to HBO. Have you, you haven't seen I the can't be paying for all these services, Zach. Some of us are trying to save money so we can afford $8,000, almost $10,000 signs. Trending down this week, Nicole Manny. <gasps> she signed up to fucking Peacock this last week. <laughs> It's a peacock. You gotta let it fly. Peacock, Dennis. I'm spending six dollars yes. a month on peacock. <laughs> what the fuck, Nicole? 
I think that's what I asked her. I was like, sweetie, what the fuck? Peacock? She's like, well, Maybe that should be your Valentine's gift. <laughs> Another year maybe subscription. Get her, maybe get her the mountain also, Paramount Plus. <laughs> Paramount Plus! <laughs> so the peacock has some place to <laughs> nest. <laughs> she can uh, watch Yellowstone. Man, and- sometimes you gotta let them fly, Dennis, but not Peacock. <laughs> oh, Nicole, you're killing me. Peacock. I don't even know where we're at. But yes, uh, The Last of Us. Do you think that'd make a good pinball machine? I think, I think, I think not play, I've, I've not played the video game. It was extremely well-reviewed. Uh, it, was, yeah, it, was it was a, a PlayStation exclusive. Time, yeah. That's why I didn't play it. But the it was, yeah, it was seen as by some, by many, I should say, as, as the greatest game of the PS4 generation on the console. Yeah. I, I, I think we could find some that would argue even higher than that. The game of a generation, maybe. It's like, it's ours. It's not, well, not ours. I'm too old, but the it's the current generation Star Wars. Oh. Remember that? Do you remember when people told us the fifth element was supposed to be my generation Star Wars? I remember. And I don't. Farm remembers. I don't think Pepperidge Farm. I don't remember. <laughs> Pepperidge Farm was wrong. Gosh, I don't. Corbin Dallas. No, I, I don't. <laughs> Multi-pass. <laughs> what was that? She knows it's a multi-pass. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I've watched that movie so many times. First movie I remember Mia Jovovich in. She's somewhat unforgettable. Yes, she is. I preferred her in Resident Evil, though. I just want to see you wear that outfit this Valentine's <laughs> the Day. the bandage outfit? <laughs> <laughs> of, of course, I hair. know exactly which outfit. You didn't mean Gary Oldman's no, weird plastic no. helmet outfit. No. We've already got a podcast with a haircut. <laughs> I can see you dyeing your hair orange with the bandage outfit. <laughs> and what's he say? Or what's she say? What was the fucking term that she used? Lilu Dallas, multi-pass. Multi-pass. Me, fifth element. Supreme being. Me protect you. Oh, bada-boom. Big bada-boom. Big right. bada-boom. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. thinking bada-boom. Big bada-boom. Bada-boom. Big. Big. Big bada-boom. Big. Bada big boom. Big that would make a good boom. pinball machine. Let's go with that. I could, I could, I have actually I could buy that. Machine. I think it still holds up. That's good. But the uh, multi-ball can come out of the uh, opera singer's tummy. Just like that stone. Oh, it's so sad. So sad. We should have like blue blood or something. Yeah. Oh, I love that song too. I don't know where we came from or where we went, but the pinball alley sign is here. To keep trending up. Also trending up this week is Lucas Pepke. Congratulations to Lucas Pepke for unmasking Macho Pinball and do, the do, Puppet do, do, Pals. Podcast watch. Do, 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 do. Uh, hey there, guys. I uh, don't really yeah. remember what the Puppet Pals sound like because like I haven't mobby. been on the air for like two years. <sighs> Special One Lit Pinball Podcast. Uh, Lucas Pepke does the retro roundup. He's the narrator for that and the host. And, uh, he came out with the bombshell that he is the one who created Macho Pinball and the Puppet Pals exclusively on the Pinball Network. Uh, I've, I've got to train him up because I still miss the Puppet Pals. Macho is just lovely. But, you, uh, you loved the Puppet Pals. It was probably was your favorite in show. It was yes. probably your favorite show. It honestly was my favorite thing produced in pinball media ever of all but, time. But they're on intermission now. I know. I don't. Does this ruin it? I don't know um, if it ruins it. I kind of like the. I, I mean, I it was like it the, was an interesting idea to be you know to do it anonymous. Yeah, I, I, I don't like think it, it has to ruin it. Well, I mean, it doesn't ruin it for me just because 
I was behind the scenes kind of, you know, brainstorming yeah. with Lucas. And, yeah. yeah. But but he let the cat out of the bag. Yeah. I don't know how to feel about this. Trending mixed. It's about the same way I feel about the loon. <laughs> Trending down this week is, believe it or not, it's Funhouse. Why? Man, There's too a soon? kit. A 2.0 kit. <laughs> too soon. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not really too soon for the game. I mean, Funhouse. I uh, there's a lot of games that have still maintained a, a good value on the secondary market. Funhouse we saw rise up over the last five years, especially during that pandemic. That was such an iconic. It's kind of like a Twilight Zone. Just oh, you ever seen that pinball machine with that with talking dummy? Right, it's Funhouse. Pat Lawler, extraordinaire. But uh, I was trying to sell a Funhouse a couple weeks ago. Woo! It was tough. I had a fully restored one, and it was tough. I looked at, uh, I thought, is this just my game? No, I looked at the numbers and they didn't lie. Comps were lower than usual on those as well. I don't know if it's just creeping everybody out. I don't know if, I think maybe the market is being adjusted, these higher-end fun houses being adjusted because people see this 2.0 as a, a comparable to a restored fun house. So they're like, why would I spend that much on a restored fun house when I can have a 2.0 that's even more of a game than Funhouse was. So I think the Funhouse 2.0 kit actually may have hurt. This is just this is just more of a hypothesis. I haven't looked into it. May have hurt the sales of Funhouse in general. It may have. Hmm. Believe it or not, I wonder if that's going to happen on the next 2.0. We see that uh, it comes out, you know, the game comes out, and whoosh, you see that influx in sales of said title, as we did Funhouse. But then over time, it makes it more or less impressive, and the numbers kind of come down to balance itself out with that kit. I think there might be something there. And Rudy's creepy as shit, so... Yeah, I won't, I won't own a funhouse. I think it's too creepy. Well, you know why I won't own a funhouse again for my collection? I'll never own it for my collection. Because it shoots like shit. There's, there, it is yeah, not a good layout. The shots, they feel very weird where all of the... You know, it's my same reaction to Judge Dredd. I feel like all the shots Ooh. aren't where they should be on the flipper. See, now Judge Dredd's tough because I think that's a good shooter. Now, a lot of people do, but some people agree with me. I, I won't say most, though. I, I think I might be in the minority on that one. But For Funhouse, it's just, I feel like he pulled the pops just way too out in the middle, and you just get a lot of mid-playfield clunk. The only shot to your right, really, is through the pops if you want to try that or that scoop. That's not really that fun. And then you've got the the Wizard of Oz effect when you're shooting at either the mirror or the up. In the, I, no, no. The one ramp thing. Left side of the play field's fine. Right side, no thanks. Same with Earth Shaker. Don't, don't get me on a Pat Lawler thing here. Because I love that man's designs. But Funhouse does not do it for me. Whirlwind is a superior layout and rules there uh, for that. But Funhouse is turning down. Also training down this week, a topper. No, that can't be true, Zach. What the hell? Why are you training down a topper? Well, because one was recently released that we've been waiting for for years. And it wasn't from a manufacturer. It was from the art of pinball. Lior, the the, the handcrafted genius behind some of our favorite mods. Mm. Man, he's made some greatness. Then he made this mod, $2,400. For a static skeleton head of Axl Rose with a bunch of RGB strips on it that are tapped into the pot rails. $2,400 for that? Sell, sell, sell! There's a fucking swing and a miss. No thanks. I would have bought that thing for $1,500. 
He once prototyped a, a smog topper that blew smoke. And this is what we get now. Oh, so you, it's the lack of smoke that bothers you. It's the lack of smoke that bothers me. It, it just it felt uninspired. Now, if he would have came out with this thing at, at the crux of, uh, you know, this game coming out, okay. We had to wait two years, three years for this? And then $2,400? Not to mention, for some reason, I don't know if this is a controversy, it comes out, boom, people start ordering it, giving them money, and all of a sudden, doo, 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 doo. no longer for sale, off websites, comments adjusted on Pinside. No longer are we able to sell this. We're going to make some tweaks, modifications, you might see it in the future. Maybe this was an IP thing. You said it. It's I haven't looked at it. So it's got Axel on it. Is using his likeness. Uh, uh, if uh, it depends on what we're calling likeness, bandana on the head, you know, hair stuff. Does it say Guns and Roses anywhere? It on doesn't it? say Guns and Roses, mm-hmm. but it it screams uh, Guns and Roses. Like right, right. But but you know how it. You know you can do things that are. Yes, yeah, so I don't. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. Okay. I don't know. All I know is it's trending down because objectively, not as good as his work in the past, but more money than a lot of his stuff in the past. And I buy all kinds of mods. Lior's are probably the mo- the highest crafted, some of the highest crafted uh, with medicinal mods. There, there's some just upper echelon. Lior's is there. But there are some choices that he does make that are head scratchers to me at times. And uh, almost like you want a creative director in there with him like his little uh the inlane and the sling plastics for toy story oh craftsmanship is off the charts but the choices of moldings no look bad and then the price like 500 dollars for sling plastic no this is the only art that he creates that even i'm like shit that's too expensive so unfortunately for right now i have to trend down a topper and that is the gnr or the faux GNR, close to GNR, art of pinball topper. I want that smog topper. Smog. Don't shoot the messenger. Don't buy downloadable crates of veggies to throw at me. I'm just here to report the facts, whether they're topper-based, market-based, fifth element-based, bird-based, or not. It's all real. It's all me. And numbers don't lie. On pinball. Market trends! Dennis, where can people catch you? They can email me over at eclecticgamerspodcast at gmail.com. That's the easiest way to reach out to me because I check those emails mm-hmm. pretty regularly. What if they want to support you? They're like, damn it, I just, I can't get enough. I want to find a way to actually, instead of just consuming all of this stuff from Dennis and Eclectic Gamers Podcast, is there any way that, I don't know, the least I can do is throw you know, a couple bones, $5 a month financially to help this guy out, $10 a month if I'm a baller. How can they do that? Can they do well, that? Well, they can't do it here because we don't got nothing. Yet. Yet. So, yeah, there's patreon.com slash eclectic underscore gamers mm. for those that like to listen to that show. Go do that now, people. Press pause on this. We got a big closer, but go do that now. Okay. They went and did it. Welcome back to part two. You can reach me at... <laughs> if you do that, it'd be funny if you do that break. This is part two. Part two is the closer. Make fun of it. myself. Yeah. Uh, uh, you can reach me at uh, the pinball network at gmail.com. Go watch straight down the middle video series. Go watch the VOD on the pinball network of the pinball awards. That was, that was awesome. Straight down the middle. I can guarantee you, you're going to want to like follow that as well as flipping out because... Here in March, we've got the goods coming, and you're not going to want to miss it. Not going to want to miss it. You're not going to want to see the bootleg version from uh, somebody overseas videotaping 
their their thing just to get some YouTube clicks from our content. You're not going to want that. Promise you. Follow us. Like us. Subscribe to us. Flipping Out Pinball wants to support you by you supporting us. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. I know. But the product showcase this week is uh, Alien Limited Version from Pinball Brothers. And the only reason I made it the product showcase, not not because I still have some in stock, it's because I was waiting to hear that Dennis call out that I didn't get. <laughs> you got to sign up to the Pinball Show Patreon to, to get those call outs. We have James Bond, 007 Pro in stock. The Louisville Show, we have pros and premiums still show specials available. Alien, LV, and SV still have those. Uh, 60th anniversary editions of James Bond. I've got two left without homes. Jurassic Park Home Edition, Star Wars Home Edition. See, the damn Home Editions have been selling too. Woohoo! Oktoberfest Deluxe, we've got them. I think I'm getting in some Hot Wheels. If you want to put your name on one of those, let's get you get you down for one of those. Toy Story Four, Ellie and C, Ultraman new in box. Did you hear last week? I sold all my Halloweens. They're gone, Dennis. Uh, yeah, I think I. I They're don't gone. know. I might have fast forwarded through the end. They're gone. It's hard the Ellie is pre-owned. It's still here. Sold all my rest of my pre-owned stuff. I did just. On if you follow us on Facebook, did just upload four new freshly arrived pre-owned games, including a little Batman Forever. Yeah, I saw that one. Mm, Rush Pro, a Mando LE, woo, and a dialed-in LE that honestly wouldn't mind if it sits for a little bit because I've been having a lot of fun with that. The Tony Pepperoni Cactus Canyon remake. I don't think we have any SEs. Call. I might have one extra sitting around here. SE Plus spots. We still have spots open for that. Uh, Team and T Pro, Mando. Oh, I got to get rid of that now. Mando Pro's gone. But Mando Premiums, we still have in stock. Rush Pros. Oh, I got to get rid of that too. Shart. We do have a Rush Pro pre owned, though. Star Wars Pro and Premium, getting low on those. Led Zeppelin Pro and Premium. Guns and Roses. Queen pre orders. Insider Connected Kits. Get connected, people. Wait until you guys see the next Insider Connected. Uh, I've got word on what the next thing is that's coming out for Insider Connected. Oh, shit. PGA, Golden Tees, and Stock, Shooter Rods, Armors, Toppers. Oh, banners? Mm, that's sad. When I think of stern banners, Dennis. You know what occurs? Don't tell you when. Oh, my God. And brand new to the Flippin' Out Pinball Sponsorship Club is Pinball Party. Here on TPN. Yeah. Pinball Party. Yeah, that's right. Man, Jason figured it out. Flippin' Out Pinball is now a proud sponsor of Pinball Party. You thought it couldn't get any better over there. Hell yeah, I can. When I buy my pinball shit, I buy from flipping out. From toppers or play trivials, I've got it figured out. Flipping out, figured out. When I think of pinball, I think flipping out. Flipping out, figured out. When I buy, 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 I buy from flipping out. Buy, buy, buy. TPN last week was a pinball party episode 19 with Electric Bat Arcade. That was a really enjoyable episode. I love that. Love listening to Rachel and Kale. I need to get down to Arizona. Go follow and like them too. As well as the Triple Drain Pinball Podcast. I know y'all are listening to that. Numbers don't lie. TPN this week is a final round pinball podcast. Can't wait to hear what they have to say about all the stuff going on right now. I think that's about it. For Dennis Creasel, for Valentine's Day, I'm Zach Manny. And designers, remember, when love is in the air and you're thinking about how many flippers you want to put on your game... I'm pretty flexible. I'm pretty accepting. I believe in all different types of flippers, but just make sure that the configuration works. I don't want my ass craving cauliflower. (laughs) There it is. There it is.
And always practice safe pinball. And for Valentine's Day, if there's not a loved one by you, you can always love the one you're with. Oh, no. No, I didn't want to use that song. No, no. (laughs) Spotify is going to cancel us. No. (laughs) 